Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. This is a Scattered Abroad Network podcast. I encourage you to go over to scatteredabroad.org and check out all the podcasts that the network has to offer. We are going to wrap up our study of 1 Peter chapter 4 this week, which means we've got 1 Peter chapter 5, and then we'll get into 2 Peter to wrap up the season on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Let's go ahead and look at 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 12 through 19 today. Verse number 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. If you remember last week, we talked about verse number 4, where Peter told us that the Gentiles, which is a reference to non-Christians, They think it's strange that Christians don't run with them to the same flood of worldliness. Well, now Peter says that we are not to think it strange if we go through fiery trials. That is, if we go through persecution. Well, why is that? Well, Peter acknowledges the same truth that Jesus acknowledged in John 15, verse 20. Jesus said, "...a servant is not greater than his master." He goes on and says, If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. In short, there is a guarantee for those who follow Christ, for those who truly follow Christ, and that guarantee is that we will face persecution. That does not mean that everybody's going to be killed for their faith, uh, suffer martyrdom. There are other forms of persecution as well, varying from imprisonment to uh, maybe losing a job or something of that nature, or it may be. Uh, even milder forms of persecution, but still persecution nonetheless, such as humiliation, uh, being ostracized from friends and family, uh, being made fun of, etc. But the bottom line is that faithful Christians will suffer some form of persecution throughout their lives. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 12, Paul acknowledged it this way. He said that all who live godly in Christ Jesus not maybe, not possibly, but shall suffer persecution. So it should not surprise us. We should not think it strange when we suffer trials or persecution. Peter says in verse number 13, he says, But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. We hearken back to the Beatitudes, especially Matthew 5, verses 10 through 12, which says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven." For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so, again, persecution is a guarantee if we're going to live a faithful, everyday Christian life. We now move into verses 14 through 16. Verse number 14 says, If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. Again, goes right along with Matthew 5, verses 10 through 12. Blessed are you. For the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. So notice 
that this is not saying we can rejoice in just any old reproach. It says, if you are reproached for the name of Christ. Then he adds, blessed are you. I think the world has a misunderstanding when it comes to the idea of blessings. Certainly there are physical blessings of life, and any Christian would acknowledge that and should acknowledge that the physical blessings of life come from God. James uh, 1 verse 17, the uh, Every good gift comes from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. But I do, I do think that we tend to overemphasize sometimes the physical blessings. And to illustrate that point, what do we oftentimes see on social media? Well, uh, someone may get a fancy new car, or uh, they move into a new house, or uh, they get a fancy new watch, or, or something of that nature, a new phone. And what do they put uh, in the social media post, hashtag blessed, right? Well, technically those are physical blessings, I suppose, but the whole um, just condensing it down to hashtag blessed, I think that sometimes we put too much emphasis on the physical blessings of life and we forget about the spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1 in verse 3 talks about the blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. All spiritual blessings are located in Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 3. We need to emphasize those blessings more so than the physical blessings uh, in the Christian wall. Peter adds this next part when he says, for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. Interestingly, this word rest is from the same Greek word used in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, to describe the abiding presence of the Lord in Isaiah 11, verse 2. Isaiah 11, verse 2, in reference to Christ, the Messiah, says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. This is the abiding presence of the Lord. It is a continual presence, if you will. And so Peter says that the same abiding presence of the Lord rests upon us as Christians, assuming that we continue in the faith. Now, obviously, uh, if we leave the faith, that, that won't be the case. But notice, on their part, that is, worldly people, uh, the Gentiles, as Peter uses the term, pagans, uh, people who are caught up in all sorts of sinful practices, on their part, he is blasphemed. But on your part, on Christians' part, he is glorified. The world may belittle and blaspheme Christ, and Consequently, they will belittle and, and speak evil against us. But on our part, we glorify him. And the spirit of glory and the spirit of God, Peter says, rest upon us. Verse number 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Again, Peter goes back to the fact that if we're going to have to suffer, and all people suffer in life, by the way, thanks to sin, uh, good people and bad people, we all suffer. But if we're going to have to suffer, then we don't need to suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a busybody. No, let, let's not choose that. If we're going to suffer, let it be that we suffer as a Christian. And that's what he says in verse number 16. 
Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. The name is Christian. The name of this podcast, Everyday Christian. The name Christian is special. It is that new name that Isaiah mentioned in Isaiah 62, verse number 2. God's people would be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord would designate. That name was first used at Antioch. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch, Acts 11, verse 26. Christians, that just means a follower of Christ. Peter says, if you suffer as a Christian, don't be ashamed. I'm reminded of Romans 1, verse 16, where Paul wrote, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And so we don't need to be ashamed as we suffer as a Christian. We need to realize that suffering is kind of uh, a part of the package, if you will. It comes with the territory, and we need to remember that we glorify God in this matter. We glorify God, we give Him praise, and we say, hey, God will help me through this. Finally, the last section we want to look at today, maybe this will be a shorter podcast. I know I've kind of gone long recently, but verses 17 through 19, uh, judgment begins at the house of God. Now, this is uh, some tricky wording here. Upon first glimpse, you may think that Peter is talking about the judgment day, but I think when Peter uses the word judgment here, if we look closely at the context, I think it doesn't mean judgment day, but talking about Christians suffering a form of judgment, if you will. Uh, again, he's talking about Christian suffering uh, in the context. The Bible does teach on judgment day that Christians will enter in to rest and the joy of the Lord. But I want us to think about what Peter is saying here and, and the timing of it. Uh, in this context. Verse number 17, he says, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, the house of God, Christians, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? So he's talking about a judgment that is happening in the here and now. He's not talking about a future judgment, which would be the judgment day. He's talking about a judgment that has come at the here and now when Peter wrote this and is continuing now when we're living. He says, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, so it's, it's taking place then, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? So people who do not become Christians, what eventually will happen to them on the day of judgment? So the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Peter says uh, something difficult is coming for Christians, something that is akin to judgment, if you will. And Again, the context that Peter has been talking about throughout this book is suffering, persecution. So that is what he means in this particular context when he uses the word judgment. He says judgment begins at the house of God. The house of God is about to face hard times, namely strong persecution. But Peter then basically says, look, if hard times are on the horizon for Christians who have heaven to look forward to after the hard times, then what's going to be the situation for those who do not obey the gospel and they don't become Christian? Well, they don't have anything to look forward to, do they? In fact, 
what's coming for them is the actual judgment, which is the eternal condemnation that they will receive on the judgment day. And so Peter is really giving us an encouragement here as Christians. Look, I understand that you're facing persecution, you're facing suffering, just like Jesus faced uh, suffering in this life. But understand that when we get through it and when we make it to the next life, it will all be worth it. But those who are doing the persecuting, those who think it's strange that we don't run to the same worldliness that they do, um, those folks, if they don't repent and obey the gospel and live as faithful Christians, then they're going to face something far, far worse than anything we face in this life. They will face far worse things uh, after the judgment day. Verse number 18, this is a quote from Proverbs 11 and verse 31. Verse 18 says, Now if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? I say it was a quote. Uh, it's really kind of a reference, um, a paraphrase, if you will, or, or maybe a rewording, we might say, because I'm going to turn back and, and actually read that in Proverbs, Proverbs 11, verse 31. Proverbs 11 and verse 31 says it this way. It says, if the righteous will be recompensed or rewarded on the earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner? So the Proverbs writer is basically saying, look, the righteous, they're going to receive things on the earth uh, that go with the territory of being righteous. How much more then will the ungodly and the sinner receive things, namely consequences, uh, that go with the territory of being ungodly and sinners. So when Peter brings that in here in First uh, Peter 4, verse 18, now if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? He's paraphrasing that. He's bringing it in and uh, bringing up the fact that the righteous being scarcely saved, uh, I think in this context, he's talking about, look, um, even the righteous are going to face hard times. They're not going to be saved from the hard times. I think that's what he means in this context. But uh, if they're scarcely saved from persecution, what will happen to the ungodly and the sinner? Again, it's going to be much, much worse for them on the day of judgment. And so there is an urgency then to obeying the gospel. Therefore, verse 19, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. So as we suffer according to God's will, we must commit our souls to God in doing good as he rightly demands of us because he is our faithful creator. So we have talked about suffering a lot in this book in First Peter, and um, it's important. Uh, Peter, again, if you go back to the opening statement in First Peter chapter 1, he says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in these various places. Verse 2, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, and sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace to you, and peace be multiplied. Peter acknowledges, look, you're pilgrims, you're strangers, you are those traveling through a foreign land. Let me give you some encouragement. Let me help you as you suffer for the cause of Christ. And he says, you are of the dispersion. You are scattered. That's uh, that's what he's talking about there. So First Peter really helps us as we face persecution and struggles in our lives. I hope that these last several weeks have helped you uh, with whatever you may be going through in life. Lord willing, we will continue with chapter 5 of First Peter 
next week on the Everyday Christian Podcast. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.